uh, I ended up turning down every uh, NCAA Division I football and basketball scholarship that was offered. Bro, it was like the world shut down on me, turned their backs. Newspapers that I was getting interviewed daily wouldn't talk. Coaches were, I mean, my coaches that went on these visits legitimately pissed. Um, you know, my parents, they supported everything, right? But I know they were confused. <laughs> you know, like, you worked this whole time, we worked this whole time for you to go to a Division One school and get it paid for. What, what's happening? Making an Athlete, a show about athletes, coaches, scouts, trainers, and the stories behind their careers and what it takes to build yours. Today we talked to Ryan Thornton, a former three-sport high school star who had full-ride scholarship offers from both Division I basketball and football universities. He chose to pursue a career in baseball passing on these scholarships and taking a big leap of faith in his raw baseball talent. Quickly making a name for himself, he was drafted in the 17th round by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Ryan sits down and talks details around the enormous decision he made to surpass full-ride offers for both football and basketball and pursue baseball as a career. He talks through best practices in choosing an agent and what MLB teams are really proposing when they make an offer. Uh, Ryan Thornton, I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Uh, you know, in, in a way, we go back uh, a little bit um, with our sports history. We go back to playing at American River uh, Junior College that we both played baseball at. But even before that, uh, in a way, uh, we played against each other in high school. Um, maybe, uh, 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 well, of course, in baseball at the time, didn't know um, each other very well. Football as well. But excited to have this conversation today talking about um, how you uh, went through your, your athletic career, why you chose baseball, and um, where it brought you today. So thanks, thanks for being on. Big time, man. I'm excited, man. Uh, uh, again, let me start with this. Always, always, always good to hear from old teammates. That's who we are first. You know, we establish the relationship on the field, off the field. So I'm excited again for you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's all about you, man. Let's, uh, let's get it going. I'd appreciate that. All about us. Um, but, you know, we were just talking before this, but, 50, you know, he said, well, I've been in, uh, he's in Las Vegas now, Ryan is. And, to 15 yeah. years in that man like oh man that that put me back we're you know we're a little bit out of uh, our college I'll put group. our age out there <laughs> yeah, i know both yeah. fathers now um yes, yeah. but you know let's you know we're going to take it back and uh you know you're born and raised actually you're born were you born in sacramento raised in sacramento right yeah so born in vallejo right up the road all right bay area um and raised in sacramento yes yes all right so Take me back to, you know, your first interest in, you know, sports as a kid. Um, Man, what I, sports did you play and, and how that, you know, the interest get peaked? Man, 100%. So, uh, man, I, honestly, I think I was like, you know, three years old in grandma's backyard, you know, uh, trying to smack bombs over the fence, <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, these bombs are like little pine cones and we had stick bats, right? All but, right. Uh, that's kind of where it started, and you know. You go back to grandma's house, you look through photos, they're like, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing that back then. So Yeah, that uh, was much bigger back then too when you were <laughs> like, Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I had a backyard too. We played wiffle ball 
Yeah. And um, it was a rectangle backyard. It was a hit over the fence. So you couldn't, yeah. if you pulled it or went oppo with it, it was a foul ball. So you could only hit dead center. And that, was, that was only a hard run. At the time, you're a kid, you don't realize. But, man, for baseball, that was a good way to. Hey, perfect, perfect practice right there. Bullseye. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would say, man, you know, sports has been everything to me uh, as long as I can remember, man. All right. So, you know, you, you, you're you in, in the younger years, um, you're yeah. playing baseball. Uh, yeah. Football becomes a part of it. Did you play other sports as well? Yeah. So uh, growing up, um, I was always a three sport athlete. So uh, baseball, basketball, football, you know, the main three, um, you know, I had other interests, but just, in, you know, compatibility really just, you know, timing with winter sports and spring, fall, summer, you know, just overlapping. I just right. had to choose the big three. So baseball, basketball, football, uh, I would say taking it back, back. Basketball is my first love tie. You know, you already know we were on the court together, Capitol yep. Marysville back in the day. And, uh, Basketball hoop was my first love. Um, I more so got into football, baseball. You know, I played, you know, little league, you know, junior midgets, peewee, all that growing up. But uh, hoop was always the love. Uh, football and baseball was kind of just like my peers. You know, I got friends you right. know, playing and coaches are coming out and asking me, you know, hey, you know, we can <laughs> use some of that speed on the field or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, football and baseball started – I'm talking like in the middle high school level as just, you know, dibbling, dabbling, activity, physical education, the whole nine. Okay. Uh, basketball, though, you know, I wanted to be AI, man. It was 100% I was going to the league. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, that, that, that was the guy. I mean, him, him right. and Kobe and, uh, you know, you're, well, no one really, uh, I'll, get, I'll get crucified for this. I guess no one was really like, hey, I want to be Shaq one day. Well, uh, if you're seven, if you're seven plus, you are. Yeah. <laughs> right? but AI, AI is more relatable for a lot of us more average height. Uh, right, right, right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, so, okay, so basketball. Uh, and you were saying, so baseball and football, were you saying that didn't come, you know, come to like fruition until middle school or are you actually high school? Man, so fruition I'll be completely honest. Fruition, uh, you, I mean, I'll go, I will walk through it, but almost all the way up to senior year. Okay. You know, um, you wouldn't really recognize my name on the field, really football or baseball before that. You know, like I said, I mean, Little League, you know, everybody has plaques and awards from Little League, right? Hanging right. at the parents' house. You know, that's not much, you know, junior midget, peewee, all that kind of stuff growing up. Um, I just flash back to Jamboree, <laughs> crazy. Uh, but yeah, you know, fruition, definitely high school. Yeah. Okay. Basketball, like I said, I've really started taking it serious, meaning going to summer camps, going to showcases, anything I could get to parks locally, open gyms, anything it was available. I was hooping. Yeah. Okay. So like you said, hoop was that love and that's what, you know, I, you know, point with this podcast, a lot of times we want to talk about what's available out there today, but we have to go back to what was available, you know, at even 15 years ago. I think we were right. kind of, we were kind of at that, you know, that tipping point where travel and competitive teams became more prevalent. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I don't know, you know, was AAU something that was available? Um, if it was, it's probably in its early stages. 
Very much so. Um, that if we're talking basketball strictly right now, AAU was everything. Okay. Because the Capital Christian of California, everybody knows now, absolutely wasn't the capital back then. Mm-hmm. We'll get into more of an advisory type thing later, but um, the school mattered more than it mattered now, right? So at that point, I was really trying to get to AAU because I had to compete against other in California. You know, it's D1 through five. I don't know if it's still the same, but D1 was the most competitive. So I needed to position myself to, in summer leagues and AAU travel ball, like you said, it was absolutely developmental at that point. But um, we had to get out there, you know, so yeah. But another thing comes into um, effect and it's, and it's, finances, you know, so do you have the capability to travel um, to, you know, get the shoes and whatnot, you know, equipment, um, you know, uh, to be able to make it, you know, so uh, that was really big when they started sponsorships. I was kind of like on the beginning wave of, oh, there's angel investors that are sponsoring, you know, certain players for their teams. It was like a very developmental thing at that time. And so with angel investors, you know, what was, how, how would that, that um, pairing happen? How was that access? Happening? So it is crazy. So uh, the first, ironically, right. The first time that I really experienced it was here in Las Vegas. Uh, it was like, I was like 15 years old. So freshman year, right. Is when you're really starting to get on the circuit. Right. Um, and like I said, capital was up and coming at that time, but it was really about AAU ball, right? Okay. Summer ball, what are you doing? Um, so at that time, it was literally all about showcases, AAU, summer camps, and even directly going to D1 schools. For me, it was D1 or nothing, right? But, you right. know, um, everybody has it for teach its own. So another avenue would be going to schools directly and going to their camps. Right. So I was trying to dabble in everything possible. Um, So when it came down to um, any type of showcases, so basically, like I said, let me rewind. So coming out to Vegas, the first time I experienced it, uh, I was just hooping at a local open gym and it was basically kind of like trying out for this, uh, a uh, little mini travel team at a sack, PHPS, play hard, play smart. And uh, turns out they had uh, a sponsor, angel investor, uh, that was through Nike, right? And I don't know if I'm supposed to say any names or anything, but um, we had, uh, uh, he invited a few people to work out, and it happened to be uh, at Capital. Another ironic thing, right? right. So we had this like private workout at Capital. So real quick, real quick, not to just yeah. out there that listen. So Capital Christian is a, a, a Christian school or private uh, yes. school. Yes. Uh, what grades, what grades are they? So uh, they actually have K through 12. Yes. K through 12 based, based out of Sacramento, uh, California. California. Yes. Uh, which is where Ryan, Ryan had gone to uh, high school. So when he's talking capital, that that's what he's, that, that's what it means. Yes. Yes. 100% capital Christian on Cali bread. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, um, kind of going back, uh, after our little workout, uh, next thing, you know, the coaches are letting us know, Hey, uh, they want to fly you guys out to a tournament in Vegas. Right. So, uh, we get the tickets, everything, we line it up, everything just basically comes, you know, to our parents and here's the flights, here's the hotel, you know, itinerary, here's the trip itinerary, what we're going to do, here's the games. 
here's the schedule and you know you can travel with your kids or you can trust them with us sort of thing so at that time there was a lot of trust <laughs> you know um so we're on the road we get to vegas we pull up at that time you know we're young kids we pull up to you know what i call a mansion at that time you know yeah. we're like, wow, this is crazy we pull up there shooting nike boxes everywhere bags of clothes uniforms just everything i'm like what whoa this is crazy That's so we met the guy right that the angel investor basically um at that time we knew him as sponsors right right um, so uh met him he's like man you know here's all the gear you know we strap up and play you know tomorrow this is the team you know basically met each other right there outside <laughs> Uh, a couple of people from SAC, you know, so that was okay. I was kind of comfortable. It didn't really matter anyway. I was there to just fall out anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that actually started uh, Nike Sports Express. That was uh, one of my first AAU teams that was traveling uh, nationally here. Uh, okay, so when you were traveling that team, it was still uh, – it was a mix of people from different places. And you yes. Got- you guys, it wasn't just all Sacramento-based people. It was- no, no. We were mostly California, but we did have some Arizona, uh, I think some Colorado, maybe all the way to Texas, kind of the smile states, I call them, California, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas. Yeah. All right. So, and what age are you at that time? So, man, I was right there, a freshman, you know, 14, freshman. 15 years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, freshman, uh, you know, basketball, uh, playing AAU. Uh, you know, that's where we have that, that travel aspect to it. Um, yeah. Well, football, um, football, even today, there's not, you know, many travel football teams. If you're in there's seven on seven, but it's not really right, right. Um, much travel. Were you planning to travel baseball or is that kind of just an afterthought at that time? Man, super afterthought ne- never even occurred to me um, that I would play at the next level uh, in anything other than basketball. Okay. Um, Football, like I said, it kind of just – I fully devoted um, everything. As soon as I hit freshman year, it was all basketball. All basketball. And now, I did play freshman year um, football and sophomore year. I took junior year off. Uh, and we'll discuss everything you want to discuss. But, yeah. And then came back senior year. Baseball, because <laughs> um, we always went into March Madness, right, for basketball. Right out the spring, so I really only played ten games a year in high school baseball, and it was like mainly junior senior year. Really, I don't think I really touched it until until junior senior year for baseball. So, so what, what uh, we have, basically we get to tell Ryan straight up has raw talent, and <laughs> one of those guys that's born with God given talent. So, um, but and that's what you know we're going to talk about that and and and. Um, you know, you're playing basketball and Capital Christian, you know, at that time, and I know now today, uh, you know better than I do. I think in many sports, they're, they're some of the top teams. But at that time, right. basketball was kind of their bread and butter. That was what oh, was man. the top team. Baseball, baseball team was not that good at all. Football team was Period. awful. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm biased in this, you know, Capital Christian was part of our league, but they were yeah. the only private school amongst all these public schools who right, right. recruit. And yeah. so they're always a little bit, a little bit bitter because, you know, you're yeah. bringing in these, these ringers. I'll uh, be honest. For, yes, yes. For basketball. So, and, and yeah. you, were, yeah. you, know, you were one of the local, um, local guys there. But, you know, 
and the point being is, is on that team, you have all this talent uh, for basketball in high school. And that's what, you know, that's what you want to do is play basketball. Um, talk me through those, those years of freshman to senior, and then a kind of how did football and baseball make its appearance in, in, in your athletic career? Man, 100%. So, um, starting out, uh, basketball so it, uniquely enough I had an older brother um, that was basketball only so we were three years apart so I started out my basketball career as a freshman that had to make the decision do I want to be you know basically the number one on, on a JV squad or do I want to get the experience and play with my brother you know and go varsity right Um, so of course I think what anybody would do, I chose to go V, right? So, uh, win varsity as a freshman and, you know, really did the traditional sat, you know, uh, was started as, you know, 10th man, you know, we were stacked, you know, like you said, we were private, right? So our, um, pool was a lot bigger it really was, we were, we were nice at that time. Um, and I'm talking like 2001, two right now. Right. Um, so Uh, At that time, I would say we were definitely notable in the city for basketball, 100% at a state level on the rise, you know. Um, So, yeah, man, I was ninth, tenth man on that varsity squad at that time, but had a chance to, you know, throw some alley-oops to my brother and do some and one moves that we all practice in our (laughs) living rooms, (laughs) you know, uh, one time. You're you're ninth, tenth man, though, but you're a freshman. so. Yes, yes. You know, that's, that's not too bad. Um, right, right, right. And, and, and I'll tell you, um, man, you know, hard work and, and, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, uh, video and, and taking notes and, and taking the backseat route. Uh, by the end of the season, by entry into playoffs, I was six men, you know, as a freshman on, on a strong squad. Yeah. So that, I believe, started my uh, – they call it now Mamba mentality, right? Right. Uh, that I believe is when that started for me uh, on this on this heavy, heavy squad, uh, becoming six man and making it, you know, basically all the way to the state finals. Uh, at that time, it was D five, you know, um, respectable, you know, and um, um, it, so that's it, a, so it, you guys D five. You guys had to um, no? Did you guys still play in the same playoff we did, or did you have to go down? We have, yeah, we had to play D5 playoffs, though. We had yeah. to go down a division. Yeah, yep, exactly. Okay. And then crush oh, the yeah. private schools. Super unique, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, um, so you're exactly right, man. Um, so we, we, we had to play a true playoff and, uh, you know, not as competitive at that D5 level at that time. But uh, for me personally, I was looking at it on our squad, six men, you know, I'm happy with that. Got to play a year with my brother. You know, that was cool, super cool. Once yeah. in a lifetime opportunity, obviously there. Exactly. So, your freshman, you're, you're now sixth man. Now going into sophomore, junior, senior year, all all eyes are set on basketball. That's that's what you're hoping. I mean, do you start? Is there? You know, you're playing AAU. Um, are you yeah. dipping your foot in in, in that? recruiting process and, and so you out, let know, me uh, 100% man exactly let me let me rewind a little bit so what I really started to do is I dabbed into football right so 
the starting point guard, this is my freshman year, uh-huh. the starting point guard that was in front of me, uh, my boy Solomon, man, I mean, I was known as speed. He was like super speed, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so he, man, he was like, man, let's just go out and play football. It's good for our speed, right? And I was like, oh, okay. I, I mean, I guess. So I went out and I was Z back. He was Y. And, you know, we played basically, uh, you know, uh, uh, receiver, you know, or right. uh, wings, you know. And uh, uh, I was actually, again, uh, uh, was able to, you know, play varsity. Now, that doesn't mean as much. So, so, so all the listeners, don't, don't take, take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Capital Christian football at that time, you know, wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, much. So, yeah. uh, uh, freshman on varsity, but at the same time, uh, uh, I got a lot of respect from other schools. Like once they found out I was a freshman, you know, after some of the performances, I mean, I was still putting up some decent numbers and everybody was kind of just like, man, hey, you got a future in this, you know, stay, stay in this, you know, type of thing was kind of the underlining, you know, point. So I kind of took that and, and kind of held on to it in the back of my head. And I have fun, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is where my love for football grew, you know. Um, uh, so at the end of the day, uh, AI was about shaking people. I was like, okay, Barry Sanders, let's do the same thing, right? I wasn't really a contact guy. But you weren't going to touch me type thing, you know. (laughs) Shaking him up in football, Barry Sanders. That's it, man. He was on my wall next to AI, you know. Um, So freshman year, that's kind of what started it was my teammate like, hey, let's go out and get some speed training. Your toughness will go up. It'll carry you a long way. I said, okay, sounds good. You know, speed and agility, toughness, strength, that sounds good. Um, So freshman year, I was a dual athlete. So I only played. Uh, uh, baseball, uh, sorry, basketball and football, freshman. Okay. So kind of going into what you're talking about now is absolutely, uh, now I'm starting to get letters, right? So uh, entering freshman year into sophomore year, uh, you're 100% right. So I'm going back to a returning varsity squad of maybe four or five players, right? Um, I'm coming off six men. Now, yeah, I'm the man over there, you know, sort of speak, right? So uh, I was a point guard in basketball, just mm-hmm. so everybody knows. So that's why I have this sort of, you know, leadership. How, how tall are you? 6'1". Six, 6'1", one. Six, one, all right. Yep, yep. So AI bottle bats, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, high school, I was 6'1", 175 on the quarter, you know? Yep. Um, so at that time, man, uh, like I said, it, it was all about hoop. Uh, but, but freshman year, I introduced football. And I, and I liked it, you know. Uh, so going into sophomore year, um, like I said, we lost a lot of talent. My brother's year graduating out, 2001-2, we lost a lot of talent. So football coaches like, look, we need a quarterback, man. So I'm like, oh, are you serious? Like, I haven't really, you know, I'm not. Hey, hey Little League, I was throwing gas, right? But I wasn't really known for my arm like that, you know, <laughs> in my older years. So I was like, okay, let's do the Michael Vick, the other guy on my wall, right? <laughs> so I'm throwing the ball 20% of the time. We're doing, you know, sneaks and rollouts every day. I'm wheeling out. So um, I was quarterback my sophomore year. And luckily what I did, what my buddy did to me, right? So I went out and recruited my 6'8", 6'9", power forward and center at the time and said, hey, you guys want to come out and do some Randy Moss? You know, you want to come yeah, out and do Randy Moss? Moss? 
you don't got to go across the middle. I'm going to just lay it out over the top, right? <laughs> so I got them out there. I had 6'6 six, six on one side, and I think 6'8 on the other side. Oh, and we that. just were a basketball team out there on the football field, right? Just working on toughness, skill, ability, speed, all of it. Um, so we had a good time, man. And like I said, uh, the love, though, was on the court. So that was the first year uh, we touched Arco Arena. So for everybody, mm-hmm. Arco Arena was where the Sacramento Kings professional NBA arena where uh, was. And every playoff opportunity, uh, section, state, uh, you were able to play at Arco. So mm-hmm. uh, sophomore year, uh, led the team to Arco basically all the way uh, to section. We lost, but. Uh, again, was a was a fantastic experience uh, going to Arco itself, being able to play there, um, you know, making it past again uh, regular season into the uh, extended playoffs was always a fun time. And uh, that's, I think, when basketball started becoming uh, – I started getting national interest from, from schools at that time, Division I programs. Um, so that's kind of when it was like, okay, well, man, let's strategize, get with the coach, get with my parents, you know, and try to figure out, um, how we're going to attack this whole, you know, NCAA thing. Yeah. Um, so are you just started, getting basketball interest at that time or is there a football interest starting to come? No football interest, no baseball interest, strictly basketball at this time. And like I said, I was kind of coming off of, uh, AAU. I was coming off of a strong freshman on varsity season on a on a on an up and coming program in school, um, and then making it to Arco, you know, doing that whole thing. And then uh, here's where I would bring some advisory in. Uh, my sophomore year, I really, really, really started, um, and I think this is where AAU was more prominent and starting to be a developmental thing for us student athletes at the time. Um, it was AAU ball. So no matter what school you went to, you better be playing AAU. You know, you better be playing summer ball. You better be at every camp and showcase, you know, that's available. You know, uh, I'll date myself, but at that time it was Pangos uh, out in L.A., uh, the Kingswood Classic in Texas. Uh, you had ABCD. Um, I mean, it was it was you know, some of the uh, larger ones at that time in West Coast, uh, Dino's camp. There was all sorts of stuff. So two-day, three-day showcases had to be there. AAU team traveling had to be on one. That was absolutely critical because exposure at that time, I'll tell you what we didn't have, was YouTube. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have social media. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. So there was no sharing ourselves. It was our parents in the stands or coaches some tripod set up in the corner of the gym that was recording, right? And you had to edit your own stuff and hand it to a coach. And we'll get into that later, unofficial official visits, or, you know, mail it in and hope somebody sees it. You know, so at that time, exposure was about traveling and, and showcasing. Uh, so I don't know how prominent it is now. but to have, I mean, the tools that, you know, there, there's available today. Now there's, you know, there's their soul. Uh, tools dedicated just to you know athletes and cutting and editing their their tape. There's platforms and I'm sure there's apps out there. Uh, I just had a just had a conversation on a previous podcast uh, talking about the same thing. How uh, you know cutting and editing when and it's irrelevant now. But at the time when we were playing, you know you had to hope that your coach 
you know, provided you that tape. Um, Man, that they were good at helping editing. If not, you better find someone that you know. Um, that exactly. knows how to edit unless you, you know. Oh man, you're going back 100% yeah. true. Yes. But I mean, now, I, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot more plat YouTube uh, and, you know, most, most, uh, you know, younger people out there can, you know, edit a video better than a lot of uh, their coaches. On their uh, cell phones. Yeah, <laughs> you know? cell phones. Yeah. Just flip on iMovie or something like that. And you got a highlight reel. Literally. Yeah. And, and you hit it on the head. That's what we were trying to create at that time was some human highlight reel, mm -hmm. you know, to send off to colleges or, like I said, hand them directly when you're on your visits, man. So, you know, you're, you're doing all these showcases and basketball, yeah. um, you know, you're starting to get letters, um, yeah. schools, uh, um, you know, with that sophomore, because you're starting to go into that junior year. Um, yeah. And this is what I'm really excited to get to, um, you know, to find out from you because uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I know how talented you were in multiple sports Man, and um, you know, your basketballs, your passion, juniors yeah. coming. That's when you start to feel out, you know, offers coming through towards the end of the year. If not, you yes. know, yeah. late, you know, senior, you can still sign, but uh, yeah. you know, you're also playing football your junior year. Did you play baseball your junior year or was that just a senior year thing? Um, so, Started, yep, yep. I, I, I tapped in on the field. Why? Uh, Why year. play baseball? Coach. I love Coach Nelson. He came out to every basketball game. <laughs> Ryan, come out. We need you. Ryan, you know I need a center fielder. Ryan, hey, you should have dunked that. But, hey, come out and hit some home runs. Every game, right? And we just developed a bond. And that was what I was saying earlier. Coach, man, 100% started playing Capital Lab Baseball because that coach they have over there. Okay, so you have, uh, um, you know, first of all, you have that coach, and that's, I mean, he he did recruiting at his own school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, you know, brilliant. You see that raw talent out there, um, you know, that were actually raw talent for baseball at that time. You weren't raw talent anymore for basketball. You were just straight-up talent. Um, respect, respect. Uh, so... You know, he sees that, but uh, you're like, all right, man, I'll just, you know, you're, I see you you're working hard. Um, I'll come out and play, but basketball is my passion. Um, and you're still playing football, which you're killing that football. Uh, you know, before this got on the podcast, shared a story um, that <laughs> Ryan probably remembers, but didn't um, know that, you know, we still remembered. And I have a good buddy of mine. Uh, we were talking about Ryan and, and when he's going to be on this podcast and, uh, you know, my buddy Eric played football all four years. Unfortunately, I played one year and, and cut out too soon because uh, I was a wide receiver. And freshman year, they just run a lot because the quarterback can't really throw. And I got <laughs> I got started doing crack blocks the whole time. Um, but, you know, looking back, uh, you know, uh, wish I could have stayed all four years. But, um, you know, uh, Eric was like, dude, like, Brian, you know, he scored five touchdowns. I was like, man, he like. <laughs> On you guys, you must have lost. He's like, oh, no, we smoked Capital Christian. Yeah, but he scored every touchdown for <laughs> Christian. And I think you guys – did you guys go winless? In your let, me, let, me, let, me, let me let you know what our, what our record was. All right. So regular season 0-10, okay? Now, if you include preseason – and Jamboree, and possibly playing against the JV squad, 0-13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Uh, hey, talk about fighting through and keeping your head up for every single game. Um, but you're obviously killing it on the football field, killing it on the basketball field. Now you have a baseball option thrown at you because a coach recognizes talent. Um, you're in that time of high school where, you know, a lot of us wish we could be like Ryan and have so many choices of like just right. whatever sport I want to play because we're talented. Um, you know, what happened? How's that all work itself out? And, and, and confusing, confusing, right? Um, and again, it's almost like social media, right? Everything on the front looks easy, right? Uh, in my head, I'm like, what, what, what am I gonna do? You know, three sport athlete. I couldn't choose one at that point. I'm falling in love every game I play in each sport individually. I'm falling in love with that sport more, man. I'm like, I mean, there's Bo Jackson, right? I had to look up to, but it's like, who's really playing multi-sports at the college and now, especially pro level, you know, and um, uh, it was was starting to get difficult and we'll get into some realities. Um, So, yeah, we walked through sophomore, junior year. Letters are are, are serious and now become phone calls to turn into unofficial and, and some official visits, you know, at that point. And this is for primarily basketball. Uh, junior year basketball still only interest from colleges in, in, in hoop at that point. Uh, now crossing over into senior year, right? So I went out and did some recruiting on my hoop team, right? So now I went out and I found six four. My boy Ryan is six four, just brute, right? Just looks like Goldberg, the old wrestler, right? Um, but he had a cannon, right? Uh, from baseball. Uh, uh, so I already knew from baseball. So I was like, Ryan, look, I need a QB. Let's go out strength and conditioning agility. I just want to run some routes and be a receiver over here. I'm I'm not, I'm not the the Michael Vick. I thought I was right. Um, so, uh, I got him out. Uh, so senior year, man, it was crazy uh, to, to, to give you the facts. And Max Preps, you might still be able to Google it, but uh, I finished the regular season third in the state in California in receiving yards. That's all divisions. On a 0-13 team. On Owen, a- 0-13 team, bro. Oh, I, had, I think I had a total of 1,200 <laughs> receiving yards, like 20-something touchdowns, average of – 20 yards a catch, 120 receiving yards a game. It was stupid, bro. It yeah. was uh, DeAndre Hopkins of the Texans. If we Man, and, and I'll tell you, my linemen, hey, respect to them. They did what they had to do, but they weren't bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 it was tough out there. And, uh, I mean, I was a four-way guy. So I played offense, defense, and special teams, kickoff, and punt return. You were you know, the team. So. It was crazy. It was crazy. But, uh, again, those guys, they they were soldiers. You know what I mean? And uh, we would we would do it all over again if we, if we could. Of course. <laughs> so, but to get back on point, uh, yeah. So, senior year, right? Now, um, we made it to Arco, as usual, for basketball. Arco Arena, right? So, that's going into March Madness is kind of what they know as it now at the NCAA level. Well, the same thing is happening at the high school level. And March is crazy. I don't know if it's the same now. But in March, you're battling for section and then going on to state. Well, February, March, 
baseball season starting. So I got coached. Knock, you know, baseball coach knocking on the door every day. Hey, you know, I know you guys are, are, are doing your thing, but, you know, we're, we're 10 games in, you know. Um, so I was at that's I, I believe, when I played the first full um, three-sport year, I believe, was, was, was junior year. Uh, but but senior year was really uh, when it came to fruition, what we were okay. talking about earlier. Uh, at that point, man, um, I was hearing from football, uh, 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 major D1s, all the way, you know, low to major D1s, and uh, basketball, same thing, low to mid, uh, low to mid major, and, and some high, but uh, on a more red shirt type of situation there. But, yeah. Uh, at that point, yeah, I was starting to heavy, heavy, heavy basketball. Well, we're starting to prepare for unofficial visits and official visits transferring from junior to senior year for both basketball and football. Okay, and so and, and so you have both unofficial and official visits that you're doing for basketball and football. Yes. Um, question I, I'm always curious with, you know, when, when you have the options there, you have a lot of people recruiting you. How do you yeah. choose who you want to take your official and your unofficials to? Man, super, super good question. Um, so what I had to do was, you know, you get a bunch of letters just coming in. Right. So each sport individually, I was kind of lucky at that time. Uh, you know, you could you could separate it out at that time. It was per sport, not per athlete. Um, so um, how I separated it was, honestly, uh, which – from basically one to 10, you know, which one, cause at that time you got five official and I believe it was five unofficial, but don't quote me on that. So my number was 10. I needed to pick a top 10 at all this box of letters, you know, and call it that. That's per sport though, right? Per sport. So per you sport. technically have 20 overall. Correct. Yep. Yep. I took all 22. We'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 100%. Uh, but yeah, man, it was basically exactly 10 per sport, five unofficial, five official, uh, that I was, that I was doing. Yeah. All right. So, so go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, just following up on that is it's, it's, it's all right. So how, how do you, how do you choose? So, the logistics on that was again, select the top 10 now out of the top 10. And a lot has to do with the school too, because you have to be, um, an interesting enough prospect to take an official. Right. Official means we're paying for everything when you come. Right. right. Unofficial means when you get here, we got you. We'll tour the campus, the locker room, meet the players, coaches, but we're not paying for anything. Yeah. So when I'm talking about uh, unofficial versus official, so I picked the top 10 and it, it kind of comes down to uh, also uh, the interest level of the school in you as a prospect. So uh, obviously you're going back and forth with the schools and some. I had to ask, you know, uh, are you interested in an official visit? You know, can I take an official visit? And again, this is myself uh, getting along with the coaches and we're contacting them at that time. Again, we just didn't, we weren't able to just, you know, email over, you know, some clips or, you know, a YouTube highlight reel. It was us picking up the phone, contacting these schools, you know, and almost negotiating back and forth with coaching staff on, okay, you want to see some video, we'll mail it, you know, in CD form. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they look at it, they, they, they address it, and, okay, yeah, you can take an official visit, they give you the date and all that stuff follows up. So you pick a top 10, 
contact those 10 or you may have offers for official visits, you know, out of those top 10, which will help you categorize, you know, unofficial and official. Um, so the, when you have, I would say, fill up your official first, because um, that's the ones you don't have to pay for. Everything is, is included, you know, all inclusive. So fill that up first. Um, and then when it comes to your unofficial, you know, I'm talking to parents here too. Look at the school itself. Look at the full student athlete. If life after sports has to come into play earlier than expected, geographically, is this a location where we want our student to be? Um, you know, what's their graduation rate? You know, what, what are they, what's the student interested in off the field, off the court? You know, is this school specifically thriving in that area? You know, specificity, um, you know, look to some of the other things that come with the school, because a lot of the times, you know, um, like us, man, you're going to uh, keep a healthy relationship with a lot of the uh, college, you know, uh, peers and, and friends that you, that you meet at that time. So, um, make sure it's it's a well-rounded program uh, when you're taking your unofficial visits because you're going to have to come out of pocket. So make sure compatibility is there, you know, somewhere where we could really, really, really see ourselves going to school, uh, even if there's no scholarship on the table, yeah. you know, type of decision. 100%. And that's, that's, that's something that, um, you know, is echoed a lot in our conversations with current coaches, with past players. It, and you see a lot of this with, you know, players that end up somewhere and they transfer out real quick is because, yeah. you know, if they get there for that first year, you know, a lot of different factors. It could be, you know, uh, you know, freshmen, you always go in thinking you're going to get all the playing time and that you're, they're great. But at the same time, it could be geographic. Um, exactly. You're too yeah. far from home or it's just not the right fit academically. Um, so doing that research ahead of time is, is crucial and to making the choice that you're going to be, you know, solid with for you know, four or five years. And then after that, so yes, you have your official visits, your unofficial visits, you know, having that experience on the official visits for both basketball, um, football, you know, what were a couple of the schools that, you know, you, you that were some of the ones that you really liked visiting? Yeah. So um, a couple of the, the major schools, like for football, uh, University of Oregon, uh, we had an official visit there. We had an official visit at uh, University of Oregon State. So I think it was the Beavers and, and yep. uh, uh, what's, what's Oregon, the Ducks. Yep. And Oregon, U of O, no disrespect to Oregon State, but whew, U of O, back at that time, man, you walk in that locker Okay, <laughs> I'm just going to take you a, a, a quick, quick trip down memory lane. All right, virtual and, official visit for us. Official visit, man. Virtual official visit. Like we get, we touch down there, you know, and, and Oregon is Oregon, you know, still to this day. Uh, these guys wear a different uniform every game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So we walk in their locker room. It's three stories. These guys are fingerprint scanning into their lockers. They're watching video holographically through TV. So it's like double sided TVs from projectors that they're watching video on luxury recliner chairs everywhere everybody's just throwing their jerseys down into this huge laundry bin i mean yeah, this play i mean it was like an nfl experience um so that was really cool talk to the guys and uh when we went down to the field level man you think like 
again, like you just stated, man, you think you're just, you know, everything in a bag of chips as a freshman. Uh-huh. Look, man, I had six, eight, 320 linemen with just as fast a footwork as me. I mean, these guys were like, this is NCAA Division One cream of the crop. Yeah, you know, top, guys, top 10 school and D1. Top 10 school, period. You know what I mean? West Coast. And uh, just a wonderful experience. Uh, got to be there on the field. Again, got to catch some kick returns kind of with the guys I was going to be with. You know, receivers kind of got, you know, just met them and, and just got to work out, blah, blah, blah. That was really fun. Um, you know, touring the campus, touring the school, got to stay in the dorms. That's typically at that time, you know, they give you the experience, right? Of course. Um, and uh, you have a host. So normally the host is some, you know, senior, been there, you know, all four years, yeah. uh, you know, uh, respected, respectable. And uh, he kind of is your, your guide, you know, uh, uh, to the uh, student-athlete life. Um, so U of O, I had a great experience, uh, uh, Oregon State. Uh, my other favorite, man, I'll be honest, uh, Boise, Idaho, Boise State. Um, this was for football. This was uh, Fiesta Bowl 2005, right? Uh, so, yeah, there's Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. I could have been on the field. I'll, t- I'll tell you about it. But anyway, um, that was one of the funnest. I mean, it was it was crazy. I, I think it was uh, winter time. You know, it was snow, and only thing I thought they had there was you know potatoes. You know what I mean? And it was really really cool. A nice little fun college town. Uh, blue turf. That's what I think everybody you know yep. recognizes them as. And uh, I was I was super close to being a Bronco um, in 2005. Man, uh, that was a really really fun. Uh, visit as well. Uh, really didn't take a backseat to U of O at all. Okay. Uh, so that was, was some of the notable football for basketball. Um, the biggest, I believe, was uh, University of Minnesota, the Golden Bears. Nah. So that was that was new. Golden, uh, Golden Gophers, I think. Oh, Golden Gophers. That's right. Yeah. 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 And and you're right. Uh, Cal Golden Bears. They have um, the elevated court. I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was super cool to me. Like, I felt yeah. like you got an extra, you know, two feet springs or something. <laughs> it's like an NBA court, you know. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was super cool. They had a beautiful, you know, arena, maybe ten to fifteen thousand, you know, decent, good size. Um, not really known for cropping out any major hitters, but at that time, it was one of the bigger schools interested, and I was like, yeah, let's knock that down. Uh, my mom was all about Twin Cities Mall, <laughs> so, you know, we're like, let's go. Uh, so Minnesota was fun. Um, I would say uh, uh, one of the funner ones is just uh, uh, both of these were beautiful campuses in California. One was uh, University of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the one? Were they the Gales? I, I'm not. Uh, they are, no, Gales is St. Mary's. That's St. Mary's. Uh, USD. The Tritons are. I bet. I can't. I baby blue and navy blue. I can't remember. That's all I can think of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But wow, I had such a great, uh, great time there. Same experience, you know. Uh, had a chance to work out, watch some practice, uh, stay in the dorms, uh, you know, eating the, you know, student DC, uh, you know, cafeteria there. And, uh, uh, so all, I mean, just amazing spots. That's, amazing, that's, you know. Uh, something, you know, a lot of us, uh, uh, a lot of people that that's just an experience that you hope to get and have that kind of experience making those visits. Um, right. 
transitioning now, you know, you, you have all these official visits, football, basketball, um, and, you know, we're coming to probably one of the biggest decisions in your life. Uh, you know, people, you know, are paying attention to this podcast in the beginning and, and they know my history is, uh, as a baseball player, yeah. even being a baseball player and <laughs> you ended up playing baseball at, you know, junior college first. So what happened in that senior year that, you know, made you go a baseball route? Um, so these other two, this is where it all opened up, man. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to give all the props to this baseball coach. I was telling you about who dragged me on the field in the first place. Uh, really, really starting sophomore into junior year. Um, the, the reason, um, uh, and we'll fast forward a little bit, but, um, received, uh, honestly, countless offers in, in combination of football and basketball. I received zero baseball, Division One college scholarships. Um, I received, like I said, a, a, over over ten in combined sports. Right, some right. full rides, some red shirt. You know, earn a scholarship the next year, um, and some partial. Uh, but there was a lot of scholarships for basketball and football on the table. And, you know, coming to signing day, um, everybody was shocked, bro. Um, I'm shocked. And it's 15 years later. It, 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 it I mean, was, I know um, how it worked out for you. And it worked it, out real well. But it started um, a conversation I had uh, with the baseball coach. And he, he was starting to educate me on the opportunities Um that, that, that were in the game of baseball, uh, specifically for young black Americans at that time. Uh, this specific coach that I was speaking of is a black American uh, himself. Um, so, you know, again, you can look at the numbers back when we were coming up, you know, Ken Griffey, Barry, you know, I mean, there, there wasn't much. I, I could count them, you know, on my hands. Uh, I could tell you real statistics. There was probably less than three percent of you know black Americans playing professional baseball. And I want to clear. I mean, when you're talking black Americans, and this is where it's black Americans. It's not talking, um, you know, Dominican. Oh man, don't get it confused. And that, I just want to make that clear because it can yes. a lot of times people like group. Um, you know, you know, I, it's it's like you group in, uh, you know, a white American uh, right. with a, let's say a Dutch, uh, a Dutch white guy, because the Dutch have pretty good baseball players and, and it's right. a little, uh, you know, different origins. So right. after um, a black American, like you're saying, it is that that percentage is so small. Um, Minute, you know, yeah. uh, uh, uh a very, very, very small number, you know. So as far as, you know, what you hear, the traditional, um, you know, uh, black American or, or young student athlete, you know, as, aspiring to be, um, man, I, I took a complete, like, left turn. Yeah. You know? And it, it, it was the opportunities that were laid out. So specifically, uh, we'll get into it. Um, the ability... Uh, to be drafted um, at that time uh, out of out of high school um, uh, and in the junior college level as well 
um, was was something that 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 interested me um, very 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 much so, um, and uh, also longevity. Ty, um, we he started you know getting into the longevity, and and you probably know better than I am uh, that I do, but at this point. Uh, the lifespan of your professional football player in my position was about four years. Mm-hmm. The lifespan of the professional basketball player, I'm a PG, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up and down the court, maybe six to eight years. My lifespan in baseball, longevity was, I'm looking at guys 40, 50 years old still playing. You know, we're 15, 20 plus years. And did I mention there's no salary cap? So again, Uh there's all these different things I had no idea about uh, that were available. How about signing bonuses? You know, these are things that, you know, as, as football and basketball, you only see when you make it to the, to the top level. See when you, when, when baseball is a complete different route it's a complete different beast in its own um and it's it's very uh industrialized and and when i say that um i mean when you get drafted in baseball it's not the big time you you don't immediately jump to the big leagues there's developmental uh, uh you know we call it you know class a you know um all, all the way up to you know uh triple a you right. know Despite, despite what extended family thinks that you've uh, made it immediately. Exactly. Um, yeah. You, you saw the name on the draft ticker. Yeah. Despite what you yeah. might read in the newspapers, you have to go out and perform. Okay. Uh, at these lower levels, whether it be rookie ball, a ball, you know, double a long, uh, you know, triple a, uh, you got to go out and perform. But, but when you do, you get that signing bonus. And, and this is where if you're a high prospect, you know, you, and I'm diving a little deep now, but, you know, if you're in those first three to five rounds, that can change you and your family's life. Right. You know, just the signing bonus. You don't have to step one foot on a professional field and your life can change. Yeah. You know, basketball, football, uh, you could say the same thing, uh, but you're going to have to put in some work before, you know, uh, but so anyway, baseball, uh, completely different route for me. I had no, you know, backing in, in, in uh, you know, as far as baseball intellect. My IQ was very low in baseball. It was just a raw talent deal, you know, and uh, that's kind of what this baseball coach saw. But he started um, uh, really uh, encompassing in me these, um, you know, ideologies of the black American baseball player. And what it could look like in, in my future. And, uh, you know, again, mentioning these things of longevity, things I'm doing now, playing with my kids, you know, not some injured guy, you know, injury prone in his older years from what happened, you know, back uh, at the professional level. Right. Uh, just from choosing the right sport. Um, salary cap, you know, I could tell you average, you know, football, basketball, and baseball salary, wow. I mean, not even comparable. And that's due to no salary cap. Now, I don't know if that's still true, but we're talking, you know, back in our time. Uh, so that was another decision. Uh, and then the ability to be drafted. And I know you could in basketball, you know, briefly, and they put the kibosh on that. 
Uh, I think you got to be in you know school one or two years now, but but the, the the I mean the chances of that even when it was when it was there. Oh man, Kobe. Compared, yeah, yeah. Kobe might have been the first. Yeah, exactly. Kobe isn't your LeBron. That wasn't happening. Yeah, and, that, yeah. I mean, and it doesn't happen with football. Like you know, a seventeen-year-old's gonna get crushed in the NFL. Crushed. No chance. Uh, so again, so I'm like, football. man, you yeah. know, uh, rise to the riches. Okay, baseball is the quickest way, yeah. and I can do it. The longest for the longest and, and, and be uh sustainable after my career, right? I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Um now there's other challenges being a black American in this sport, kind of what we were talking about earlier, um, in, in some of the industrialized challenges um and adversities that I had to deal with working up the ranks, but um, you know, it, it all started you know, as sugar cookies, really, um, you know, uh, once I got to the college level, but let's get there. So in high school, uh, I ended up turning down every uh, NCAA Division One football and basketball scholarship that was offered. Bro, what was that, and, and I, you know, not, what was that like? Making that, and, and, and your parents as well, bro, as part of that. Bro, bro, it was like the world shut down on me, turned their backs. Newspapers that I was getting interviewed daily wouldn't talk. Coaches were, I mean, my coaches that went on these visits legitimately pissed. Um, you know, my parents, they supported everything, right? But I know they were confused. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you worked this whole time, we worked this whole time for you to go to a Division One school and get it paid for. Yeah. What, was, there any, was there any, like, um, you know, uh, people upset with your baseball coach you know, thinking that he, he was in your ear. You know, I'll be honest with you, TD. I don't think anybody knew that was always between us two. I never really let it out of the bag. The real reason I went okay. that route. So you, you, you make that decision, you know, you turn down all those scholarships. What's the, what's the baseball route that's put in front of you? I was always a guy, and I'm just talking straight. Yeah. I was always a guy. I'm never, I'm never going to touch foot on a JC, okay? Right. And I'm never going to Sac State. That was like our local, oh, you know, State. ah. Sac City? No, no. The, Sac the, State. Sac okay. State. Okay, Sac yeah. State. But, yeah, Sac City's included in the JC <laughs> if I'm never going to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I never wanted to touch foot at a local JC. To me, in my head, and everyone around me, that was failure, right? And I'm just being 100% right now. Um, I was like, man, no, I'm not going to JC route, uh, and I'm not going to Sac State, and you better believe I'm not going to be a walk-on at Sac yeah. State, right? So it came down to it. I, I, I – uh, Turned down all the scholarships. Everybody's like, what, what, what are you going to do now? You're choosing yeah. baseball, right? Um, so I said, okay, you hit it on the head. Who's the best junior college in our area? Sac City. So I go to uh, – I, I play um, – this is my summer senior year, 2005. Everybody's like, Ryan's life is over. He's not going professional in football or basketball. He's washed. Yeah. Right. Um, so, oh, and let me back up too. Let me let me back up just so everybody knows where I'm coming from. TD, 
I am the sixth player in Sacramento history to be Optimist All-Star in all three sports, basketball, baseball, and football, my senior year, just so everybody knows where I'm coming from. And I was MVP in basketball, okay, in that All-Star game. So um, basically, yeah, fast forward. So uh, I'm, I'm t- you know, everybody's like, Ryan's basketball. And if he's not basketball, he's football. Right. I turned down everything. They're like, he's playing baseball? Where? Bro, summer 2005, I didn't even know. So I hopped. My coach was like, go play in this wood bat league. Get some exposure. All the local junior college players play in it. The coaches will hear if you do well. I was like, JC? Then that's some, that's some you know, faith. Faith. Just- Faith, uh, not even in myself, <laughs> you know, faith in this man's words and uh, ended up playing in the league. Didn't even know. Right. I was looking for Sac City. Half of my team was built of ARC, American River Junior College players. Right. Uh, word gets back to that coach at ARC, the junior, the local junior college. Um, you know, you got a little center fielder out here, decent, you know, power speed combo, you know, yeah. has a little glove work. Baseball IQ is zero, but he's raw, you know. Uh, so that's our introduction into baseball being the sole route uh, starting at the junior college level at American River Junior College in Sacramento, California. Okay. So, yeah, American River, um, that's where we meet. You know, I see, um, you know, I obviously when I got there, I, I didn't know this whole background. I didn't know, you know, I, I knew your name um, right, right, right. From, from high school. But I, you know, I was always an oblivious uh, kind, of, kind of guy when it came to like who the guys were that were going to be um, yeah. D1 in high school. My buddies, right, right. You know, Eric, so they, they would, you know, know from an instant the talent level of everybody. But, you know, I get there, your center field. Um, you know, I redshirt my first year, but you know, I one I, I see how fast you are. Um, <laughs> know that. Um, and being honest, the one thing that always amazed me, um, and this was just in the first year that you were there, is uh, you weren't very good at reading a ball off the bat at all. Um, but you'd have a bad read, and then your speed would make up for it, and it would be amazing catches. Um, and then over time. <laughs> And then, yeah, I mean, as as you got more experienced, you were reading the bat or the ball off the bat, and then you were adding that speed, which just made you that much more of a, uh, you know, a top player. But never perfected. To this day, that's my weakness is reading, one hundred percent. And I blame the eyesight, but <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of other factors. <laughs> hey. no, you're absolutely right. If I didn't have speed, if they, we call it makeup speed, right? Okay. I didn't have makeup speed. Oh my gosh! There's no way I just saw any outfield. <laughs> but still, so I mean, fastest guy I've ever seen play baseball. Um, yeah. And and in person, um, you're at junior college. Um, how many? You know, I, I know now. You know, I know now. I know then the opportunity that came for you. Talk about that opportunity. Of you know, you you just go in blindly. You know, with faith and and a coach's word. And you end up at this, you know, random junior college. And in all honesty, probably um, at the time, I don't really know today, but we weren't that good of a a baseball team comparably to the league. 
Maybe uh, the same now. I, mean. I think so. And so you have your Sierras, your Sac Cities, your uh, Delta um, stud, you know, teams, state yeah. champions over the course of the last 15 years, multiple yeah. times. Um, not a good baseball team. Uh, we still produced, you know, D1 players. I was a D1 player. My yeah. roommate played at UNLV with you, Glenn DeWeese. We were propping them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The common theme for you, actually, over high school and uh, junior college, at least, is you played on horrible teams. Still, <laughs> still performed and and got opportunities. So, uh, I mean, talk about what happened in that, in that junior college years and, and what it led to. Man, so let, let's just start with what we're doing right now. Um, that was truly where literally I could pick up the phone and probably call 90% of that team right now, and we'll pick up just like us where we left off. Mm-hmm. Relationships, that was like everything because you're 18 years old. You move out of your parents' house for me, moved out the house, you know, closer to the school because we had 5 a.m. weights, then practice, then school, then practice, and then, you know. So it's like, okay, got to get closer to the school. So you start feeling a little free, 18, and, you know, you're with a bunch of other 18-year-old guys yeah. that are mixed up from around the city. And we just formed that bond that I don't think will ever leave, bro, that, that teammate. It's always – I hate saying ex-teammate. It's an old teammate. We're always teammates. You know I like I mean? that, yeah. Um, so I love hearing from old teammates. And now it's relationships to start. Um, and then – it was new to me, taking baseball seriously, uh, the whole grind. Like I said, we were, what, practicing at 5 a.m. and, like, 2 or 3 p.m., right? Yep. Um, hours, you know, first one there, last one, you know, the leave mentality, you know, all the time. And uh, uh, it, it was crazy, you know, uh, trying to actually pursue what I – was my nemesis what I said I would never do play junior college baseball (laughs) you know what I mean um but you guys right teammates and the sport just started growing on me man tremendously and in combination with what my high school coach was telling me about the opportunities ahead now I'm starting to see the two correlate we have our first freshman showcase, right, where all the scouts came out, right, and we just scrimmaged, inter-squad or something. Um, and we didn't always have a lot like Sac City or, like you said, uh, La Sierra would have or consume this, but uh, it was decent in the stands. Yeah. And that was the first time I started hearing from professional scouts. Some were bird dogs, right, that we call bird dogs or just scouts that may have some connections to teams, right, but they're not decision makers. Yeah. But they recognize talent. Um, so some bird dogs, but some scouts that, uh, you know, Coach Jumale, we were starting to get, you know, letters coming through. And it was like, oh, shoot, like, this is what my coach was talking about. Like, yeah. starting to get some professional teams, like, saying, hey, we're, we're interested. We're seeing you, you know, uh, keep up the good work is basically what they said. I think I may still have some of them at the house. Um, but, you know, so professional letters started coming through. And this is fall ball, right? right? So we're in fall 2005. But, you know, we just graduated. And, uh, you know, now it's starting to become a reality. Like, oh, shoot, okay. So uh, AR is our home. That's my home. And, you know, at that time, we didn't know we were going to, you know, have that record. So we were just, you know, this is our squad. Of course. And, yeah. uh, 
you know, and we were legit. And uh, like you said, uh, ultimately produced several D1s from our team directly and uh, several draft, yeah. uh, draft picks also, draft selections too. Uh, so that freshman year for me was just learning. It was just, you know, first time I was on a team that big, you know, 40-man roster. Bro, my football teams in high school were 15-man rosters. We were barely filling the 11. You know what I mean? Like, we were four-way, all of us. So, you know, and then hoop is, you know, 11-12. So it was like, dang, like, there's so many guys out here. Like, this is cool. We're like a big, you know, gang. This is huge. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. You know, and then the baseball season, I've never been a part of a 50. What, did we play 25, 30 That's games or something? 30 like, games, I think. Around. You know, including preseason, we're 50 games. Yeah. You know, so it was like, you know, scrimmages, all things considered. I'm like, man. So just getting used to the day in, day out, yeah. one sport, all these guys, make it yourself responsibly to school and to practice. It was all crazy as a freshman, you yeah. know. Long days. Um, you know, and uh, um, off the field, you know, you already know. We're all just hanging out, growing together, and, and trying to win games, you know. Um, so that whole freshman experience was super cool. Like I said, fall, started hearing from scouts. Spring, you know, now we're in the season time, and uh, the same scouts are now coming to our games, right? They're like, you know, hey, coming up to the fence. Hey, let's see you switch hit. Uh, hey, let's see you hit some oppo. Hey, let's see you, you know, run a hard 90. You know what I mean? It's like now they're dropping little hints that they're there and want to see you do specific things. So, you just, I mean, you just said something that, you know, I'm going to go back to how talented you were just in athletics as well. But you started playing baseball junior year in high school and yeah. switch hitting in arguably one of the top junior college uh, uh Conferences and you know California in itself is a, a top junior college baseball um, state. Yeah, switch hitting after two years. Yeah, you know how hard that is to do. To now switch. I do. Now I know. <laughs> yeah, and that I mean that's amazing that you know you can flip the switch like that and, and be on both sides. So, scouts asking you, um, you know, let's see you do that. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. All right. So off top, right? They recognize speed. So I'm lead off. They're like, wow, we can gain 0.3, 0.4 of a second to first, right? So I was always sub four, you know, and we're trying to get me into three, five, three, six range, you know? So they're like, get them from the left side, drag bunning. There's nobody to do it better, right? Mm -hmm. I was never a bun guy. You already know, TD, but um, that's what they wanted to see. You know, can he drag both sides? Can he hit, you know, slap a couple, you know? So I started developing a different mentality. Okay, we got to go oppo we got to lay down some bunts from the left side. And you probably remember I was mixing it in in practices, and Jumelay would let me get it in games sometimes. But when we really needed me to perform, he's like, stay on the right side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but I'll get into something that was major where I had to hit from the left side, and you probably remember. Um, but uh, that freshman year, it was just that's what it was. So spring, now, yeah, man, real scouts, real teams are like, we want to see you do this specifically and it was just time to perform mm -hmm. uh, so that's what it was and it came down to I believe it was June 2006 um that first week man I was hearing from about 10 teams don't remember exactly who 
Um, but it was, you know, a, a, a sizable amount of teams, you know, that followed up on the letters. You don't hear from everybody that gives you those letters. Right. Um, you started to get calls from their official, like, scouts or draft agents, kind of what they were called back then. So then they started contacting us, right? Um, now a whole new element comes in that Ryan's like, what? I have no idea. So these guys are like, do you have representation? Do you have an agent? I'm like, what? An agent for what? What? For who? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it's like you're going to prepare to get drafted. You know, you need to prepare an agency. And now my parents, you know, this is the first time. And my brother, again, he went the basketball route. Much respect. He made it to D1, played at uh, University of Arkansas, Little Rock. But uh, we never had the experience of, you know, hiring a third party to negotiate a contract for us, you know? Um, so now we're sitting back like, whoa, agent, how do we choose an agent? Like, what are we even looking for right now? What, what terms are we even seeking in, in this draft? Right. So we, uh, and, and here's another advisory tip. We went through about five to 10 different agencies. The real ones, that were interested uh, in the one that we ended up going with, they flew to the house. So they came to our home. We interviewed them as a family. We saw what their strategies were, what their compensation were, was, um, you know, and their negotiating strategies, what current players you guys have in your agency. That's big. I would say for parents find out this information. Um, so in choosing an agency, five to 10 interviews, the real ones will come to your house, you know, and this is like I said, back then, I don't know, you know, they could be doing Zoom meetings now, yeah, uh, but, you know, back then they were coming to your house. So we interviewed the ones and uh, the ones with the best history. Uh, we ended up going with uh, a specific agency. So now it's June, right? We're about a week away from the 2006 draft. So I'm starting to get calls from all these teams like, hey, would you take this amount in this round? Hey, would you take this amount in this round? My agent always just said, we'll be happy. You know, this is the response. We'll be happy whatever round that is comparable to the compensation of the round drafted in. It was like a very specific thing to say, right? So it's like, okay, you know, don't talk numbers. Don't negotiate. Don't nothing. Rounds. No numbers, signing bonus, none of that. So that was it, Ty. Every answer was, oh, yes, I would be very happy, you know, being drafted in any round comparable and any compensation comparable for the draft round, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was the answer. Um, so uh, came down to um, on draft day, I was projected top 10 rounds. Um and uh, at that time, this was the education that was given to me. What we were going for was a signing bonus that would get us living expenses until we hit the big leagues. So, again, we were talking about low A, double A, triple A, then the bigs. And you might touch rookie ball if you're really developmental. Okay. So, we're talking, you got to, you know, the, 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 the season's what, six months, right? You're right. home for six months, you know, season six months. So you need, you know, six months of living. If you have no parental support, you need 12 months of living 
for however many years you think it's going to take you to make it to the bigs where you're now self-sustainable. So in my opinion, at that time, the average lifespan was four years, you know, work my way up a year, a level, right? Rookie, low A, double A, triple A, bam, I'm in the bigs next year, right? So I was always looking at a four-year history of living expenses. At that time, for me, it was me, myself, and I. I didn't have the blessings that I have today with the wife and kids. So it's just me, myself, and I. I had a budget of around 2000 a month. You know, quick math, 25, 24, 25,000 a year, times and times four years. I need 100K in my signing bonus just to start. That's what me and my agent sat back and discussed. Now he said, are you an athlete or are you a student athlete? I said, I'm a student athlete, sir. He said, so how much do you think Division One school is going to cost you if you break your arm in minors? I said, what did you say? He said, how much do you think school is going to cost you if you get injured and never touch our four-year plan? I said, oh, uh, I have no idea. He said, well, let me tell you, what schools are you interested in? Right. So then I kind of went through and it was like, well, none at this time. I'm trying to go pro. Well, he's like, well, let's just look at a few. So we looked at a few and it was, you know, on average 30,000. You know, if you're going to a public or private university, that's, you know, non-state, you know, related for, for us. We got state, you know, discounts if it was a you know, California state school, but uh, you're a resident. Right. But uh, if you're looking to go, you know, at that time, top baseball schools were, you know, Texas, you know, Oklahoma. I'm looking to get out. You know, Cali was strong, no Pac-10. But right. I was looking to get out. Um, so we looked it up, 30000 a year, right? So how many years to graduate? If you go to summer school, four, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, 30000 four years. I'm looking at minimum 30, 60, 90, 120, right? So let's do quick math, 120 plus the hundred in living expenses. If all else fails, I need 250 for my signing bonus to be able to pay for my education. If I get injured and pay for my living expenses until I get drafted, right? That's your exit strategies, A and B. Um, So that's the things that I would advise. And it could be different now, but those are some of the things I would advise. And we're talking baseball specifically now, these discussions that you need to have with your agent before deciding Uh, You know, whether it's taking the university route, which is big, because once you go and they need to understand baseball, once you choose NCAA Division one or or uh, I don't know if D2 is included, but I believe once you touch NCAA and baseball, you got to wait until what you're a sophomore or junior Junior. redshirt, sophomore, something like that. Richard, yeah, redshirt, sophomore or junior year. Right. Right. So now. I'm committed to this school for three years. I don't have that exit strategy of being drafted like we do at a high school or JC after each year, right? So that's a big decision I would say parents and student athletes need to make. And then once you've made that decision to go amateur to pro, you need to make the decision of choosing an agent, right? That's going to represent you wisely. Um, And you need to have the discussions of, you know, life after sports. If I get injured, do I want to go to school and have an education paid for? Because once you go pro, you can't go and be a college athlete. It's done. And you're going to be paying for school yourself. Okay. Yep. So understand that fact. Okay. And that's why I negotiated to try and have this cash, you know, reserve amount to pay for school if there was an injury, but thinking positively, right. Optimistically, ideally, you know, Hey, 
We only need 100,000 living expenses while I'm on the road traveling, playing baseball for a living. Plus, you make 1500 a month, you know, while you're out there at Chump Change. And that's what it is until you go pro. That's the grind. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was committed. You know, I was like, that. that's what it is. So when we had the decision uh, a couple of days before draft day, uh, my signing bonus was two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand. That was the number that was able to sustain me uh, through school, if there was injuries or life after, you know, sports uh, or you know, living expenses. Um, so, came down to draft day, some ups and downs of draft day. You know uh, how they used to do it. First couple of rounds um, were on day one, two. I think they did like first two or three rounds on day one. Then they went to maybe like five to 10 on day two and then day three, four or five, whatever. Then it was up to 50. Right. Um, so kind of depressing at that time, you know, you're like, man, these guys said they were going to draft me top 10. Like what's happening, you know, and you start seeing all of these football, basketball, college scholarships rolling through your head when you're like, man, I just like, gave all that away and fully committed to this baseball. And they're telling me top 10, top 10, top 10. It's round 15. Yeah. Right? So round 16 comes around. Ring, ring, ring. Tampa Bay Devil Rays agent calls. Will you take $60,000 in round 16? I was like, oh, uh, can I call my agent? No, you have to answer us now. Uh, uh, I'm happy to take whatever's comparable for the draft round that I'm drafted in, <laughs> right? Uh. So hang up the phone. I'm like, oh, man, did I just blow it? Like, I don't, I don't, they, I don't know. If they, so round 16, they draft somebody else. I'm like, I'm fully pissed at this one. I'm like, man, I blew it, man. So I went in the backyard, started hitting off a tee. You know, I'm like, man, draft is over, man. Like, you just blew it. Like, you should have just said yes and got your foot in the door, all these people giving you all these advice. So I'm taking my energy out on this ball, you know. But meanwhile, you know, you, all, all my boys are still watching the draft. Yeah. So round 17 comes around, pick 499, Ryan Thornton from American River. And at that time, it was only like like a podcast type of thing, you know, it was online, you know, right. and you were sitting at the computer watching the ticker. You know, and you just had to hear and watch for your name. I was outside hitting. You know, my boys are now blowing up the phone. Bro, you got drafted. You got drafted. Are you serious? Whoa, whoa, what happened? I'm like, what? Two minutes later, Tampa Bay calls, says, congratulations. We'll be flying out. You know, we'll be sending you some stuff in the mail shortly. You know, you're officially a Tampa Bay Devil Ray. Congratulations. Drafted round 17, pick 499. So I'm like, cool, man, this is crazy. So next, you know, week or so, we get with the agent. He's like, okay, you know, they're offering you 60. You know, here's the, you know, situation. And just all kinds of Tampa Bay gear starts dropping in the mail. <laughs> Bats, cleats, shirts, hats. It was like... And they were already a new franchise, right? So they were like the new franchise team already. Um, And I think, bro, I got drafted the same year as Evan Longoria. Kind of there, he was round, you know, number one. Yeah. For Tampa Bay at that time. So, you know, I think he's had most of his success there. 
But uh, it was kind of like, you know, they were new. So it was just kind of like, oh, this is crazy. Devil Ray, it was my favorite color, you know, like teal blue. <laughs> so it was like, oh, this is cool. Um, so stuff starts coming in the mail. Agent, uh, their agent came out. The draft agent came out. Uh, what was it, Delgado? He came out and, you know, crazy. You want to know what he had me doing? He said, Ryan, let's go to 24-Hour Fitness. Grab a basketball. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we heard you're a three-sport athlete. Can you dunk? TD, I was hitting 360s, windmills. You know I tried to bust it in between the legs, but missed. So the reason for that is on their scale of grading scale of outfielders, Tampa Bay wanted outfielders that could dunk and have at least 30-inch verticals, bro. I'm like, this is crazy for a baseball. Yeah. So went over to the football field. He tagged my 40. I'm like, what? I thought we ran 60s. He said, yeah, but when you're a base stealer, I need you to get 0 to 40 faster than 0 to 60. I said, oh, my gosh. Is this that pro stuff? (laughs) (laughs) So this guy had me on the basketball and football. I've never thought I'd see again, but had to use those skills. And uh, And They call him a a multi-sport player and how important Exactly. And uh, it was, it was, you know, new at that time and, you know, unique. Um, and, and it was just cool how they were, you know, grading players at that time. I, you know, they were the new team doing new stuff, you know, yeah, like, yeah. they were all about, you know, speed and, and, and uh, uh, you know, fast, you know, small ball at that time, you know. Um, so super, super cool, got drafted. So now, we're getting into negotiations with the agent. So Tampa Bay circles back because I haven't signed with any agency yet. So the the agent that we were interested in, right, that I was telling you, oh, they want the 60000 that was kind of like our guy, but there was no contractual relationship yet. Tampa Bay on the backside says, if you go with our preferred agent, We'll up the signing bonus to a hundred thousand. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> my living expense number. Yes, yeah. we gotta go. Like, let's do it. So, after doing due diligence, right? You gotta look into the compensation agreements. How much is the player, the the draftee, gonna net after this agent takes their commission, their compensation? It was lower than their original $60,000 offer with no agent, okay? So they're they're getting that money back. They're getting it back. They're getting it back and probably get a kickback from the agent. Yeah. This is a non-biased, you know, I hope it's a non-biased podcast. I'm going to lay it out. But that's what was happening to me at that point was, oh, okay, you didn't want to take 60? Take 100 netting 40 with our agent. Can you read the black and white there? Luckily, we did. Uh, and we were like, okay, we'll go with our agent, right? So long story short, our agent was able to negotiate $75,000 signing bonus. And if I was still with the organization, um, they were going to pay for school, not in the form of cash reserve. They were going to pay the school directly if there was an injury. Only. Okay. It was very specific verbiage at that time. So basically 75 cash now, 
if and only if you get hurt, not if you fail. If you get hurt, then we'll pay for your school. Ty, another one of those high school decisions. Ryan's like, nah, man, that's not going to work. Um, I needed the 100 that I anticipated for living expenses, and I wanted in cash reserve no matter what, no contingencies, yeah. the 130000 to cover the uh, 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 college, you know, uh, graduation uh, uh, degree, you know, that we were seeking if sports didn't work out. Um, so the answer was no again, and now yeah. to a professional baseball team. Now my baseball crew is like, what? What, what are you doing? Like, this is it. Like, this is actually it. You know, you, you go and you play, and, and now you're, you know, a professional baseball player. What are you doing? And, you know, not enough money. So that went in two directions, man. So to the GP, general public, man, Ryan was seeking more money. Okay, he's probably worth it, right? So the answer from Tampa Bay was, you don't have the baseball IQ. Go back, okay? And I'm going to get into something else now. Go back, play another year, and show us that you have the baseball IQ. IQ at that point was reading baseballs off the bat. It was strikeout percentage as a leadoff hitter, reading strikes and balls, right? It was a very baseball intuitive uh type of you know improvements um you know i just i they couldn't p- read any high school stats td they're like this guy's never played baseball before like i gotta give him two hundred fifty thousand dollars. so again they're like put up some more stats this year could have been lucky you know freshman year junior college whatever you know no one knows who you are you're maybe getting a bunch of fastballs you know go back and prove yourself okay so 2006 this is the last year of what they call the draft and follow. The draft and follow basically was a rule that allowed professional baseball teams to draft you. And if you told them no and turned down the signing bonus and draft, you can go back to the same school and they own your rights up until a week before the next year's draft. Right. What that meant is you could not talk to you could not work out for any other professional teams up until a week before the next draft, which is basically nothing. Cause at that point they already know who they're going to draft. Yeah. So unless you're a top five prospect, you're only talking to your team who drafted you. Let me tell you why that can be a bad thing. Fall ball coming off the draft year, right? Oh my God. Ryan was the highest draft pick in our whole junior college league, blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm coming back now a factor at AR. You know, now it's like, okay, cool. We all know what it is. Um, I don't know if you remember this. Preseason fractured my hand. Injury. Injury. I missed the first 20 games of our regular season TD. And this is when it was like switch hit or die. Because I could not hit from the right side. Somebody got me, fooled me on a curveball, 12-6. I did a check swing. Never was the same ever since. I pulled back in that little moment of pullback. And you know my bat speed. I was Vlad Guerrero out there swinging out whatever. (laughs) I pulled back, bam. 
felt it like, dang, what was that? Next at bat, I had like a sack fly. And it was like, hey, coach, like, I got to come out. Fast forward, missed 20 games. Now, what are the scouts sitting back doing, TD? They're like, oh, boy, do we have an injury? Now, you're categorized as injury prone is what they call it on their draft notebooks. Is this injury susceptible to coming up later on in his career? Because now you're an asset. Yeah. Our organization. Injuries are liabilities to the asset, right? So now they're like, ooh, injury prone. Draft stock, down. Okay. What does that do to a player that can't talk to any other teams until a week before the next year's draft? It crushes their year. My sophomore year, bro, completely different year. I worked out for Tampa Bay twice, right? Um, so throughout the year, they're just following up. They're like, ooh, how's the injury? Are you going to play today? No. Okay, we're not coming to the game. Next week, hey, how's the injury? Are you going to play today? No. All right, we're not in town. Finally, I'm back, right? But it was lefty. You know, I think I hit 275 from the left side that year. Like, decent, but they're looking for 400, you know? And – it really hurt my draft stock. And here's what brought me to UNLV. So luckily, I had the experience of switch hitting. I was called just off of being drafted alone. I'll be honest. Just off of being drafted the previous year, I was called to the sophomore all-star game. Where was that play? <laughs> None other than Sac State. <laughs> the irony's crazy, right? So played the all-star game. Um, as a draft and follow, so still had that behind my name, but was injury prone, uh, but was at the, off, you know, at, at the all-star game. Luckily, had two at-bats. Luckily, had a righty and a lefty, lefty pitching. Luckily, knocked two, two base hits. Had a stolen base RBI. UNLV offered me a 70% scholarship on site after the game. Dang. So I'm like, whoa, Nelly. What is this, Ty? This is called leverage for my professional amateur status, right? So now I'm like, scholarship accepted. Sign on the dotted line. Ready. So now my sophomore year, I, 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 I didn't sign yet. Let me back up. I have an offer on the table from UNLV or come June, I'm about to get drafted. So now... I'm like coming back around from the injury. Now I'm like, hey, Tampa Bay, you don't want me. I'm going to go to UNLV for two years, and now I'm going to shine and be you guys are going to see me in the MLB somewhere, right? So now they're like, okay. So the 100000 is back on the table, but they want to see me perform, and they want to see some stats at the end of the year. Well, here's where it hurts you. Now I'm calling them a month before next year's draft, right? Before the 2007 draft. I'm calling them now. Hey, guys, are you, are you going to work me out? I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm fully recovered. I can hit. I'm good. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be in town. We'll work you out. But next week, hey, guys, you're going to come? You're going to work me out? You're going to be in town? Yeah, 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 we'll, we'll be there. Then they call me the week before. 
when their rights of ownership end and say, Ryan, there's not going to be a workout. As a matter of fact, there's no offer on the table. Good luck at UNLV. Wow. So I'm like crushed, you know, but like so thankful that I ended up going to the sophomore game, performing all the luck happened that happened that day. And I had the offer on the table that minute I called UNLV and signed in June. That August, I touched down at UNLV 2007 as uh, the new recruit JC transfer uh, from ARC. And haven't left since. Haven't left since, man. Um, And UNLV is a whole story in itself. I know we've taken up so much time. Um, You know, whatever you want to know about it, I'll let you know about it, but just, that's, that's we'll, to UNLV. Yeah, I mean, we'll have we'll, – we'll, you know, do another one because so much stuff to talk about. I mean, but <laughs> I with UNLV at the same time, you know, talk about – you know, over that course of that two years, um, you know, I guess just the, the, the summary of like you played two years, Division One, good league. Um, yeah. Did you get – was there any talks of drafting at that point or is it kind of just, you know – Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, uh, and I'm going to fast forward through the two years. First year, I sat the bench, Ty. The only five-tool player we had on the team, the only previously drafted player on the team, and I was one of a few junior college transfers, so it wasn't like I was a new freshman and didn't have experience. I was coming in as a junior transfer, previously drafted. My competition at this time, TD, I'm 6'1", 215. My competition in center, 5'6", 150. Okay? All right. Now we're dealing with some adversity as a black American in the sport of baseball. I had no idea at that time. Okay? (laughs) On paper, I'm starting and hitting leadoff all day. Why wouldn't we? Right. In reality... I'm sitting the bench, pinch running and pinch hitting and get a maximum of 98 at-bats that year. Okay. So what Ryan does at that point, that's the first time in my athletic career I've dealt with failure. Like where I failed, it was a terrible season. I didn't have fun. Um, it was bad. I, 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 nobody was even calling. I didn't even get a letter. Yeah. Um, and I, and I had a lot of hatred in my heart, um, and for the game of baseball at that time. Um, and man, I gotta be honest, let's get into it a little bit TD. Cause it's like, it really transformed it. That summer I joined the California Collegiate League, which is a very respectable California wood bat baseball league for summer players. Um, there were some ex-MLB coaches, sons in there, and some recruits, you know, so previously drafted guys, mm-hmm. very reputable D1 schools represented. We had two. One of my teammates was on there with me also. So it was a good league, solid league. Um, we were – the first all-black 
California collegiate baseball team to play at a Compton. We were the Compton. Uh, what was our event? Oh, I forgot our actual name, but we were representing Compton um, in the California Collegiate uh, uh, Baseball League. That was the first year we kicked it off. We were sponsored by the Los Angeles Angels and the Los Angeles Dodgers. They built our whole facilities, training facilities, and they sponsored us that, that first year. Uh, and we were the first team to join that California Collegiate League. Uh, now, what Mike Sosa, the Angels coach, his son, he was a reputable player. and I believe he was a back end, had something to do with our, our uh, creation at a Compton. Um, and I have a, a, a story that ties in there. But basically, that season, I obtained every award category that the league offered. The different categories were fastest base runner, closest to the majors, most pop, five-tool player, most potential tools to be a, a actual, you know, uh, uh, stat maker, right, in, in the bigs, right? All the accolades you can imagine, right? So that fall ball, I'm headed back to UNLV with a vengeance and a fire that I've never had as an athlete because I never dealt with anybody that was really against me or I've actually failed and put up bad numbers. So now I go back there. I have every trophy and accolade <laughs> from that league, and I'm in my coach's office like, Coach, I can help us win. You need to play me this year. I ha- There's no way I can perform cold off the bench, pinch running and pinch hitting, and perform the way you expected me to when you signed me as a junior. It's my senior year. My draft stock and all baseball players understand this is completely gone. Right. I'm a senior at an NCAA Division One. My focus is now strictly get my foot in the door. I know what to do with it after that. Just make sure you give me my college letters and my, my pro letters and make sure that you put me in a position to win, which is a starting position hitting leadoff. Okay. So he saw the numbers, he saw the accolades, and he listened, man. Uh, that fall, I started hitting leadoff, and I was on – we had Scarlet and Gray. I was on the Gray starting team, which was still the B team, but at least I wasn't coming off the bench. It was the starting B team hitting leadoff. We would go against the, the Scarlet, right? Weekly, scrimmages, and, and as much camaraderie – and a relationship and everything as it was, this was competition for my future, bro. Yeah. So it was it was a little more competitive than it was at AR, right? It's right. my senior year, and I'm battling for my life at this point. It's draft or a life after baseball this next year. So I'm coming into it as every everybody's a teammate, but everybody's an, an enemy that's in the outfield that's trying to play center. Right. So long story short, um, I had to prove myself even even that fall. So uh, ended up uh, starting the spring um, hitting four, which sounds like, oh, man, you were hitting four cleanup. That's great. But from a player's perspective, 
from a black American player's perspective, now, TD, all eyes are on me. Uh I'm hitting four. I'm the only black player in the stadium. When I get on base, guess what? There's going to be five pickoff attempts because they know I'm stealing, bro. They know it. This is in my head. Guess what? When you hit four instead of leadoff, guess how many fastballs I'm going to get? Maybe one all game. Yeah. None if there's runners in scoring position. So, again, my ability to succeed was industrialized by even starting me in a position I didn't ask for. That, as a black American player at that time on my team, wasn't setting me up for success. It seemed like it, though. Right? Right. I was starting in left field, hitting four. Sounds like Barry Bonds, right? Yeah. But I, but I wasn't. He knew the blacker the skin, the more the spin. He knew that at that time. I, my IQ was down. I needed fastballs to hit. You know, hitting curveballs out of the park, I didn't develop that until the end of my senior UNLV season when I had to or I would sit the bench. Yeah. I had to learn. Bro, if I wasn't hitting oppo 12-6 curveball bombs into right center, not only was I not going to get called by any coaches, my own coach wasn't going to play me. Right. So at that point, it was, okay, let's hit four. And you're not going to see any fastballs. So you better start practicing curveballs, sliders, splitters, knuckles, and change-ups every day in the cage. So I'm sitting now as a four-hitter. Instead of being comfortable in the box, I'm sitting on off-speed pitches and just looking to take fastballs out of the park to right center now. I mean, unless it was a 3-1 count with nobody on base, I don't, I don't even have the comfortability to look fastball. Yeah. And, and, and I'm telling you, it seems crazy, but when you're a four-hitter, a black American, and the only black player in the stadium, they know what's happening. You know what I mean? And, and, and at the college level, now they have your stats, and they really know what's happening. Ty, I led our team in every co- offensive category. Uh, batting, batting average, home runs, doubles, triples, uh, uh, RBIs, stolen bases. My senior year at UNLV led the team. But again, I wasn't truly in a position to where I could have done even better, in my opinion. I still had to start the season as a DH playing left field in and out. By the end of the season, now I'm getting, you know, all my at-bats, all my opportunities, feeling like a starter at the beginning of the game, going out. It feels different, man, when you go out and you have the ability to go out, you're starting inning number one on defense, then you come up and get your at-bat. You get some bitters out, man. When you got to come off the bench and you know you only have one or two at-bats or you got to steal this base, and everybody in the stadium knows this black pinch runner is going to steal this base right now, let's pick off 12 times and then do a pitch out. How successful do you think I'm going to be? See, I, I, I mean, even you, I mean, I would never even thought of that, but it, it, it makes so much sense because, and I mean, as a pitcher, the pickoff attempts and uh, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense because right. there's that association immediately, you know, speed, keep them close. 
This is and, the, and, and, and do you think you're going to give me a nice curveball in the dirt to, 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 to steal off of? Are you going high outside? How many fastballs that five hitter get? He was second in the team in every offensive category. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. So, again, his RBI number was through the roof because I led the team and run scored too. Okay. okay. So, I'm just – this is just being 100%. I'm 15 years out of this. That's why I'm talking like this. Yeah, no, but you it's know? it's 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 something that, you know, it, it, I never would have thought about it. And it, it's like I, I've never been in the position where I had to think about that. Um, yeah. But even, you know, subconsciously, you know, talking about just the, the pitching part and it makes, you know, perfect sense. It's like, all right, you're going to keep this, you know, he's a black American player. He's fast. Keep him close. Man, so, you know, and it's, you know, when I think about, you know, the, the amount of fast guys in um, my baseball college career on different teams, you know, there's only one really white guy that I can think of is a yeah. center fielder, Brett, that was extremely fast. But yeah. um, but you're going to lump all those white guys into like, all right, you know, unless I know he's the leadoff, the rest of them. Unless, you know, he's, unless he's hitting leadoff, you can't yeah. Really tag him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. And, and it's it's – I mean, it's more like a mind blowing kind of thing right here, you know, retrospectively looking at it, like not, not, yeah. you know, and I imagine, you know, once it's, and I think I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like you're uh, at the college level, that's going to be more prevalent. Now, if you're in the major league at majors level, you have a, a larger diversity and it's top, yeah. top level. So, you know, you know, there's going to be more uh, Latin America representation and, and guys that it's going to dilute that a bit because now you don't have, you know, the 29 uh, or maybe rosters or 34 white guys and, and, or maybe there's some um, Hispanic uh, on the roster, but still black American and and he's going to stand out. I mean, I mean, the straight up, and you're the only one I can remember at AR. That was a black American. Then, unless we had a, do we have anyone else in the history of AR? I think not. In the, in the, at least when we were playing there. <laughs> no, no. Uh, man, honestly, I think there was on Christopher Walker, the 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 Sac City center fielder. I think was in our whole league, or maybe he was at Sierra. Uh, there was the only. There was only like two or three even black players. And what positions did they play? Center field and bat leadoff. You know what they're gonna do. You know what they're gonna do. You know. So, That's crazy, man. Thank you. I mean, for bringing light to that, I never would have thought that. Uh, it's crazy. It's just you know. And again, it 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 it, it uh, may or may not bring light to a, a situation at hand now, but it's definitely something that I just want you know uh, people to be aware of that some of these black American players may be battling deeper, even mental, um, you know, scenarios such as this, man. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's such an important perspective that needs to be understood. And and, um, I think what I want to do at some point is have another conversation where we can dive deeper. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be less on, you know, your journey 
as just right. the athlete itself and talk more about that. Um, yeah. Just because we're coming up on actually probably, uh, I don't know, 90, 100 minutes here. Um, and, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, but, but every piece of this is valuable. Like I just learned, I was a baseball player. No, I never was going to get drafted. I always, you know, had hoped to. And by, you know, my junior year in college, I had the understanding that, okay, um, not going to happen for you. You, you, you know, you sit 85 to 87 and, you know, you've maybe touched 93 times in your life and it was a 54 footer in the ground. Um, but, uh, learning things about the draft that I didn't never even thought of that, you know, you went through it and that lead up to the drafting. Um, but want to circle back and let's have a conversation about this just to understand because I think, you know, aside from the major sports, the four major sports, um, you know, heavy representation and in, in NBA, NFL, um, large drop off with MLB and then even larger drop off with uh, NHL. Um, but let's, let's have that conversation another time. And, and, 100%. and, and I'll tell you a, a little sneak peek. In 2015, kind of life after sports coming back, um, I want to shed some light into this sport also. Have you heard of long drive golf? Uh, only a little bit, and I remember now yeah. how good at driving you were. I remember so, back in the day. So, again, I picked up this thing. It's called long driving and it's now a professional sport that the Golf Channel has bought out in 2018. It used to just be events around America, and it's the home run derby of golf. Right. So you get a bunch of guys lined up, and they see who can hit it the farthest, and the mark is 400 yards. So I've, uh, you know, whatever on, on how far I've gone. but I want to know how far you've gone. Give me at least. 425. Okay, it, was there we go. it was in Denver. So, you know, thin oh. air. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I knocked it down at the Mile High Shootout in 2015, uh, 16. So that was cool. Um, they have an event up here in Mesquite every year, every April. Amateurs can go out. But, again, now these guys, they're, 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 pro, they're pro guys. But, again, this sport, golf specifically, I know we have Tiger Woods, you know, and all that. But overall, percentage-wise, it's up there with baseball. You know, and we need to enlighten and give opportunities for everybody because, again, even this sport of long drive, man, they're paying out. It's $250,000 cash prizes if you win. You know, these are opportunities for young kids of all colors, race, backgrounds, ethnicities that have opportunities in sports they didn't even realize existed. Mm -hmm. You know, so I just want to use this platform to spread that also. Look into long drive. No, and that's, that's, I mean, something that, and I'm going to actually, after this, you know, get information from you to make it more publicly available on my platform. And not that it's, you know, uh, in this growing platform, but I think you nailed okay. it. And, you know, with, with golf specifically, I, you know, my personal opinion, golf's been even farther behind almost all other sports um, with the yeah. segregation that came along with it. And yeah. the courses, you know, you can look at um, yeah. Augusta um, specifically. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, making more uh, aware the opportunity of, you know, someone like Ryan who drives the, you know, the golf ball 200 more yards than I do at 425. Uh, and you can win money doing that. Um, who knew? But, you know, how, how can that and access to um, 
the access to the equipment, the access to the facilities, you know, how can that be made available? Um, Man, let's work together on that. Yeah. And I, I would love to learn five years uncovering these things myself, sponsoring myself at these events, you know, through my other companies. So again, well, let, let's, have a, let's have a nice, you know, long, let's have a conversation and another, I'll, I'll set up another podcast about that just to learn more. Man, that's, that's so, sure. yeah, let's, let's do that, man. So, um, that'll be our next step moving into, you know, capping this, this awesome conversation. I mean, Again, I always enjoy conversations with former athletes and coaches uh, and how much I get to learn. Um, you know, I guess I always go into the baseball things thinking I know all there is to know about baseball, but I learned even more about the process, something that I was never part of, which is the draft process. So always learning from these conversations. Um, last, thing, last thing I always do is I do a quick speed round. It's a fun little speed round. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just to shed light on, on your childhood and, and your time as an athlete. So first thing is, um, who was your favorite, uh, athlete role model growing up? Man, you know, I, I gotta, I have to be honest and just original Michael Jordan, man. That's all right. You know, 23, it, it was as much as AI and Kobe came in the picture later, the, the original G was, was MJ. Yeah. When you're, when you're the greatest, you're the greatest. Period. The go. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I'll set myself up for, you know, people want to argue the LeBron thing, but we're not going to do that now. You know uh, what? Hey, it's each his own. To each his own. Exactly. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever be able to tell because each in his prime never played each other. That's true. So numbers are numbers, but, you know, uh, look, skill level of the league was different back then, too. Mm-hmm. And focus on defense was different. And, you know, just, we don't want to get into it. Yeah, <laughs> so many parts of it. That could be a whole podcast in itself right there. Easy, 90 minutes. Uh, <laughs> what is uh, your favorite uh, sports moment that you got to experience as an athlete? Man, uh, crazily enough, I would say that I can remember, man, there were so many fun things, um, but just like, in game fun, honestly, was hitting for the cycle at UNLV. Nice. I was, I've never done it in my life, and that was super cool. To they did this whole honorary thing; it was cool. That was tight. That's that cool. Was some of the one of the biggest personal things, I guess. Yeah. Favorite sports moment you got to witness um, that was a, a professional level. Doesn't have to mean in person, but just. Your favorite moment of a professional, whatever team or person you got to watch that you remember? Man, uh, I would say probably uh, Ken Griffey. I mean, e- every one of his bombs, like I'll even to this day, I show my kids, you know, all his pimps that he did. Yeah. <laughs> but just the walk off was stupid crazy. Uh, but probably that catch out of the center, jumping off the wall. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the, the modern uh, Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> Griffey, still one of my all-time, just the most beautiful swing. Oh, man. I was trying to model my lefty swing after it. didn't <laughs> work out. It did work out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still not replicated, I think. You no, know. It, it, nobody's ever been that smart. I've never seen an oppo bomb hit that far that smooth in my life. 
Exactly. You got yeah. the bat. Was this person that had that long swing, but it was more violent. It was like Vladimir Guerrero. That yeah, that was me from the right side. You know, yeah. I mean, I was up high. You know, but no, nothing like Griffey. No, no. Yeah, super uh, well, Ryan Thornton, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day, having a conversation. It has been enlightening, and um, I'm looking forward to our continued conversation to, to get a little bit more into uh, Black Americans' involvement in yeah. golf and baseball and, and sports that there's less less representation and, and how um, you know there can be a path that gives more exposure to those different um, sports. So that's making a change right there. That's just, I, I, up on that. I appreciate you being on today, man. And, and uh, going to talk to you soon, man. We'll talk soon. Hey, I enjoy myself thoroughly. My pleasure. And uh, let me know, man. I, I, I'll uh, let's link up and do it again. Thank you for listening to the making an athlete podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor. Check us out at making an Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to catch our next episode.